Hello and welcome to the Unlucky Frog Gaming Podcast. You are joined by your usual hosts, Josh Hartley and Tom Mannering. Tom, how are we doing? I'm good, mate. How are you? Yeah, I'm not bad. I'm not bad, thanks. So, uh, we've had a little, what I believe they call in the, uh, the business, a slow news week, mm-hmm. uh, which is probably not surprising. Or Everyone's uh, made their big announcements at Gen Con. Um, so news-wise, not an awful lot that we're wanting to discuss. So we're just going to treat this episode as a bit of definitely not a filler episode. Definitely <laughs> not a filler episode. Just as a bit of a catch-up, though, before uh, we start getting seriously ready for Tabletop Scotland and uh, a week on Friday is when we're going to be heading down to that. Yeah, Which I mean, sounds... I, I am I am seriously getting ready for it right now because I'm prepping a, a seminar for it. Yeah, of course you're doing you're doing the um, the GMing seminar. How how is prep coming along for that? It is coming along. That is probably the best I can say. I've I've got sort of a, a, a basic sort of outline. Um, I'm fleshing it out at the moment, and uh, I've got a little. Uh, a little fun project that I actually need your help with, but um, I'll go into that in more detail in person. Okie doke. Say no more. Say no more. Top secret. Yeah. Uh, th- there is one little bit of uh, a-, a news thing. I'm sure there was a better way I could have said that, but I'm, yeah, I'm sticking. I've made my bed now. News, a news item. Thank you. There we are. It's certainly someone's professional on this show. <laughs> that was never going to be you, mate. <laughs> hey, I'll you, sir. Uh, there is one thing I, I did want to point out, and I was having a quick look over Asmodee's release schedule for uh, last week. Two friends of the show, uh, they've got releases on uh, on there. With Mark McKinnon uh, with Re- of Wreck and Ruin fame has Wreck and Ruin. <laughs> picked up by Asmodee and uh, Lifeform as well which is uh, being published by uh, uh, Hall or Nothing uh, Tristan Hall's publishing uh, company so that's really cool to see you can even pick up the, the much coveted Lifeform playmat as well which uh, I've seen in the, fla- the flesh the mat the cloth how do you put that? I don't know don't laugh <laughs> Don't laugh. Genuine question. I think there's a there's an expansion pack as well, isn't there? That's sort of yeah, amazing. yeah. The thirteenth passenger expansion as well. Uh, so I, 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 having seen the neoprene playmat, uh, everyone loves neoprene, right? So, <laughs> I mean, I'm 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 impartial to neoprene. Ah, uh, no, I I'm a sucker for playmat for my Magic the Gathering cards. I've got I've got more than I need mm-hmm. by definition because. All you need is one, and I think I've got about six. So there we go. I think you should do a cover of All You Need Is Love, but it's All You Need Is One, and it's in reference to playmats. So, all You Need Is One sounds like the lyric for some hippie bullshit song. No? So, <laughs> like, that, I, I, bet, I, I bet if I was to Google All You Need Is One song lyrics, someone's written that in a song. You're probably right. You're probably right. Yeah. 
Let's not test that, though. <laughs> so, Let's not. So, in terms of what we've been doing lately, then, I must admit, I, I well, I've been away. I've been up in uh, Isla uh, for the last weekend. So, I haven't done an awful lot of tabletop gaming. <laughs> so, uh, but you, you, you've been there, you, you've been playing more in the Kill Team campaign, Tom. Yeah, so I had a, a game against Dave, my second game against Dave, using uh, his kill team, Thousand Sons, and I was playing another NPC team for him to beat up. Uh, I used uh, Adaptus Astartes Ultramarines. Uh, but is that you? Is is that a plot spoiler as to what happened? No, because I won. Yeah, you did it. I won a game won a not game. using my own kill team. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, you got it. You got there. Yeah, I mean, it was a close call, um, and it was a very basic kill team that I'd put together. It was basically just a mm-hmm. squad of, of Marines, just a tactical squad that I'd mm-hmm. whipped into a kill team that actually performed surprisingly well, which I was quite chuffed about. Dave was less chuffed, but he took it in his stride, so, you know. Yeah. What's the uh, what's the Ultramarine chapter thing? It is plus one to leadership across the board. Uh, okay. So everybody has one higher leadership, and you can still shoot when you take a retreat or fallback action. Oh, that's pretty good. They're they're really good. I think all the marine options are, are particularly quite powerful, mm-hmm. which does not come as a surprise, really. No, no. Uh, funnily enough, their post they've made their poster boys really good in their which game. <laughs> actually, ties in. Uh, speaking of new releases, because they've released a new Space Marine Codex for Warhammer Forty Thousand. Indeed, they have. In fact, I, I, I did see that they are going to be doing uh, chapter-specific supplements as well, much mm-hmm. like they they have been for a while now. But mm-hmm. I think the, the the two that I've seen were Ultramarines and out of left field a little bit White Scars. Am I right in saying that? Yeah, I, I don't think it's that out of left field. They're they're a weirdly popular chapter. I don't know if it's because you just need to spray your models white and you're halfway done on painting them. But uh... right, no, no, now, now. I think white is a deceptively hard color to paint well <laughs> on the mini. I, I don't think it's not as simple as just spraying them white. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm I'm a bit sort of old fashioned because to me, white is it's a fair color. It's like yellow. Mm-hmm. When that color comes to to be done, I'm like, oh no, here we go. But I think these days with the base paints and things, it's so much easier than it was when I was a young lad. Back in my day. Back in my day when you know we had white spray and one white paint that did not cover anything (laughs) (laughs) Uh, it didn't even cover white spray very well so i mean we've come a long way so it is it is a harder color to paint because it's it's the shading and that that makes it trickier i think yeah exactly but um so white scars thing is bikes though is it yeah they're they're fast moving uh force so they have a lot of bikes and mobility a little bit inspired by like mongolian horsemen with you know just the way they look as well with the uh, uh, sort of fu manchui mustache and beard i'm right in saying that aren't i yeah no you're right you're right cool cool didn't make an ass of it that's <laughs> that's the knowledge of my white scars law <laughs> <laughs> you've extended everything you have yeah there we go yeah so i are they still going to have a standalone codices for uh, some of the more popular marine factions like Blood Angels and Dark Angels. It certainly looks that way. I mean, I'm not entirely clear. I haven't read into it enough to know if there's just going to be one core codex and then supplements for everybody. 
or mm-hmm. if like your dark angels and your blood angels are going to have standalone codexes but i think looking at it that's still the way it will be they'll still be the standalones and then the supplementals okay okay so obviously that that's been the big release for gw uh recently but we were um just before we started recording we were chatting about what we were going to cover off in this episode and something that i've Wanted to have a chat for in a for a while now, but there hasn't been an opportunity to do so on uh, the podcast. Is perhaps the one of the more left field business ventures that Games Workshop have ever done, uh, as far as I'm concerned. Anyway, obviously they've had some spin off businesses that have been incredibly successful. Uh, the Black Library, uh, their publishing arm for all their fiction. Is uh, they've had New York Times bestsellers. That that's more or less a core element of their business. However, what you may or may not know is that back in the early nineties, they had a crack at uh, the music industry as well. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yep. I I know this vaguely, but uh, you're going to elaborate on it for me. <laughs> <laughs> so. So, uh, between the years of 1991 and 1993, and this is how little information there is on the internet about this. It was called Warhammer Records, uh, and according to the, the wiki page, uh, was short-lived, and the, the dates are apparently 91 to 93, because that's about as accurate <laughs> we can get. Now, the, the bulk of what they did was actually publishing uh, albums for established bands and i have to admit the only one i'd heard of out of the um bill was saxon mm-hmm. which uh, if you're not familiar with saxon are uh, very much a traditional 80s new wave of british heavy metal style band uh in which for me who's i don't dislike that genre of music but to me it just all sounds like oh this is kind of like iron maiden <laughs> and that's it. It's all like variations of Iron Maiden. It's like if Iron Maiden was. <laughs> <laughs> now, I, now, I didn't say that, Tom. That's your input there. That's you slagging Saxon, not me. Not me. Saxon, as far as I'm concerned, you're a friend of the show. <laughs> you come on anytime, guys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But uh, so, so they did publish one record by Saxon. It seems that they only uh, they, they only published it in the UK. Uh, as, as far as I'm concerned, that that's the only territory that Warhammer Records managed to reach. Uh, and th- but it, it's the album Forever Free, which was released elsewhere in the world with album art that doesn't feature anything to do with. Uh, games workshop but the the british version for whatever reason uh they decided to go with album art that features a dark angel riding a motorbike with bolt guns blazing to be fair right as album art goes that's pretty rocking i mean it's it's definitely on theme for heavy metal yeah right which is which is what they were going for so yeah it, it, it it doesn't. Um, have you ever played this, by the way? Right, the record store game. No, I don't think so. Go right. Go into a, a second. You and a, a, a pal. Next time you, you you're shopping, right? Go into a record store, like secondhand, ideally. And the game is to um, 
find the worst album art that you can possibly find <laughs> okay. right and hard mode is not to use the heavy metal section <laughs> because like, invariably invariably right the um the worst either comes from heavy metal or hip-hop they, sure. uh, i don't know why but they, they've got as uh, yeah both those genres seem to attract just some weird and terrible album art um, so other established bands that they published for were Wraith and Rich Rags. Sure, um, big fan. Yeah, I, I, I have no idea who either <laughs> of them are, if I'm being honest. I did have a very brief listen to them, and we're, we're, we're definitely... I, one thing I will say about uh, Warhammer Records is not it's not just the, the subject matter and album art that's consistent. It is the genre of music. This is all very much hard rock and heavy metal. <laughs> and also the quality. <laughs> Shush. Hey, <laughs> we're, not here. we're not here to bash the good works of Rich Rags, all right? You know, they, they, they put their heart and soul into that. Okay, we may not be, but I am. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but what they did do though is they did actually sign one band. Okay. Okay. Uh, the band name is D Rock. That mm-hmm. is spelled letter D dash Rock. Spell R O K. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and they released one album, Oblivion. Which features? I, I'm gonna have to put the album art up on uh, when when we put the podcast out as well. It features uh, again Dark Angels for some reason. Don't know why um, they're the the space. Are they the Space Marine chapter that's most into heavy metal? I don't they're know. Just, they're they're just you know the the the, the heaviest of the Space Marines. <laughs> you know they're all mysterious <laughs> and broody and indeed, shit. indeed. And it features, and you'll know it when you see it, right? It features a captain in the foreground with his helmet off, who is definitely, definitely not based on Al Pacino in Scarface. Definitely <laughs> not. Definitely not. <laughs> like in in his posing and posture, or in his actual facial features? Both, right? I'm uh, Tom. I'm gonna send you. I'm gonna. I'll send you over the the album I'm, in fact i'm gonna do this right now. i don't i don't want that in my cloud like <laughs> it's going in your cloud tom it's going in your cloud this is this is going onto my actual computer tom so you know that's the lens i will go to for this podcast <laughs> you're just a dedicated you can host. just you can ju- you can just you can just delete this right i'm sending this over to you i'll never be able to delete it from my mind though will i josh I think you'll be glad that you've seen this. Okay, okay, <laughs> yep. Um, so, interesting thing about that artwork, that has not been done specifically for that cover. No, I, I don't believe any of these album arts were. Yes. Yeah, they, so they were all from G, GW stock. That is, I, I think that's actually dating back to as far as Rogue Trader uh, artwork, possibly. Uh, it's certainly very, very early edition, uh, 40k at the best. So you recognise it then? Yeah, yeah, I, I definitely recognise the artwork. I'm not not familiar with D Rock, and I'm I'm so thankful for that. <laughs> uh, so uh, I mean, obviously, we've got um, 
they did an entire album. The 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 first uh, the first iteration the first track of the uh, album Oblivion is just simply titled Noise Marines, uh, mm-hmm. and, th- and obviously for you know uh, copyright reasons, we're not going to play the the song on the podcast for you. However, um, what I will do is I can read out some of the lyrics verbatim. Do you know the other reason why we're not going to play it on the podcast? Because we don't want people to turn it off. <laughs> <laughs> Should, like, you're, you're being so disparaging here. <laughs> because it's early 90s. <laughs> Crappy rock. So, um, this quiet offence, Lanesh, things will get loud now. Brothers of the chapter, vile noise marines approach. Uh, Louder, louder, Slanesh can't hear us. Things <laughs> shall get loud now. Just it's lyrical genius, really. Like, Paul McCartney, I, th- I, I think he, uh, poss- you know, modern poetry, modern poetry. Do you know what I respect, though, about that? What I will say, as much as I've been disparaging about this, the one thing I will say, at least it's on brand. Like, they've gone, they've gone full in. Yeah, brilliant. It's now. Um, do you want? Uh, do you want to learn the 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 names of the members of D Rock? I mean, do we want to get them hate mail sent? <laughs> well, <laughs> here's the thing, right? So the CD, the the inlay of uh, the album Oblivion simply refers to the members as on vocals sigh, <laughs> as in <sighs> okay. On bass, John Mack. Good old John Mack, good guy. On, on, on drums, Al Mog. Al Mog. And on guitar, Chi. Chi. C-H-I. C-H-I, like the concept of Chi. I, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Just an abstract concept. So. <laughs> wow, that is... Uh... That is, yeah, that is a lineup. Yeah, so there we go. So um, it would appear that they used pseudonyms. I don't really? know why. These are <laughs> well, these are regular musicians, though. Who I don't know why they would use a pseudonym to not be associated with this act. But there we go. So Sai is actually, um, or it's thought to be uh, Simon Denby uh, from a band uh, called the March Violets, who were like a punk goth band from the 1980s and early 90s. Here's This is possibly the most mind-blowing fact of all, though. They had a guest musician on two songs. And who was that guest musician? Brian May from Queen. Wow. No. Brian May, right, features his guitarist on two songs, Get Out of My Way and Red Planet Blues. So it was revealed in an interview with Kerrang! magazine. May had visited a games workshop store with his son and he'd met the band and offered his services. And uh, they went on to say that May had uh, not been offended when he was asked to tune up his guitar before recording his parts and that he was the nicest rock star he had ever met. So there we go. Oh, Brian, why? Why would you do that? (laughs) (laughs) You've got such credentials. But this, this, I mean, so obviously 
we don't know for sure why the Warhammer record label didn't didn't last. But I think the the thing that I find probably most charming about this is this would never fly nowadays. Or could you imagine Wizards of the Coast trying to do a, a record label? Okay, firstly, I'm not convinced it flew then. Secondly, <laughs> Wizards of the Coast have put out music. No. Uh, yes. So. No. Yes. So a third edition of Dungeons and Dragons did have a sort of musical CD. I don't think it came with the book. Um, but you could get it because I remember the cover vividly, and it was like music to adventure to essentially. Oh right, so right, so this isn't like what Games Workshop were doing, which were like heavy metal bands that had their lyrics themed around being a um, space marine. No, no, it's, no, no. This is actual like atmosphere music for your gaming session. That's they, they were quite ahead of their time then for that, really, because that. I think, anyway, that's a relatively common thing now. Like, you can certainly get, uh, I mean, just go on YouTube and you can find, like, generic fantasy music or science fiction music for, you know, have as background music for your role-playing sessions. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I use uh, use Spotify and I put together playlists for for various games and things to do it. Um, So... There was a, just since we're on the subject, the official role-playing soundtrack, Dungeons & Dragons, Mm -hmm. was performed by, it was a studio album by the American musical group Midnight Syndicate, released in 2003. There we go. I I must admit, I have used music from this album recently. Yeah. The big difference is, you know, that that serves a purpose. That... (laughs) Are you implying that the music of Saxon... And the accompanying artists that were on the Warhammer <laughs> label oh, did not I serve would, a purpose. I, I, I wonder how much hate I'm I'm gonna get for not. I, so, like, like I say, it's kind of like whenever I hear this type of heavy metal, I just go, "Oh, that's Iron Maiden," but yeah, not quite as good. The thing is, like this, this music it is it is acknowledged and it is actually kind of spoken about in whispered circles in Games Workshop. When I worked for them, I do remember this being mentioned uh, on more than a couple of occasions. You know, it was something that had happened. Uh, it's sort of like the the ugly stepchild of Games Workshops. Well, do you know one one final little tidbit about uh, D Rock that I just want to mention is that they did actually tour the uk so guys listening at home if you happen to go see d-rock live i believe they were supporting ufo and wraith wraith also released an album on warhammer records please let us know do are they are they maybe one of these bands whose energy you couldn't quite capture on record (laughs) just an experience too too ascended for for capturing. So, do you know what the thing is? The thing is, right? I, mm-hmm. You've got to give Games Workshop their cred. Like going that far outside of your comfort zone is ballsy. Oh yeah, oh yeah. There, there's another thing here. Um, now there is a there is one band that I had heard of before that were known to do Warhammer Forty Thousand themed music 
uh, Bolt Thrower, mm-hmm. who are like a sort of death metal band. Mm-hmm. Um, but they were not on uh, Warhammer Records. They did a collaboration with GW. That, that they featured um, GWR on a album, uh, Realm of Chaos. But they weren't actually uh, they weren't actually signed up to Warhammer Records. Okay. So I thought that was a. They, they they were on um, earache. Was the <laughs> name of their charming label? <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> so so there we go. There's the uh, a, a sort of brief uh, history of Warhammer's foray into the music industry. Do you know what I'd really like to do? Do you remember mm-hmm. like when VH1 used to do the like behind the music? And like, oh where are God. they now? Things. How cool would it be to do a Warhammer label I, behind the music? I I would, in a heartbeat, have the members of D Rock on the show. Like, if anybody out there knows anybody that was on the Warhammer label and wants them to be part of a behind the music Unlucky Frog special, we will do it. <laughs> so, um, the other thing is, uh, Games Workshop for whatever reason, was associated with new wave of British heavy metal, probably just because they came around at the same time and, you know, guys who are into one just happened to be into the other. Mm-hmm. Um, similarly, uh, I happen to know that with Magic the Gathering coming around uh, in the fashion in the, or, you know, being created in the early 90s, I do happen to know there are a couple of performers who have done Magic the Gathering themed hip hop songs. Sure. I mean, it's now one thing that I think of when I think gangster. I think <laughs> MTG. <laughs> <laughs> you know, when I'm in the hood throwing down my blue spells. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> and uh, I, I tell you what, it. It has to be listened to believed. Yeah, you have to just go out and seek it, guys. Uh, it's it's an experience. It's an experience. I feel so bad for all the people that are going to go and listen to the music that we've discussed on today's episode. Uh, 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 hey, look, uh, as you say, kudos for. Um, Kudos for these guys for stepping out their comfort zone and doing something different. Mm-hmm. Um, like I say, the, the the thing that I find that I really like about this is that this would just never, this would never happen. A PR person would just go, "That's a daft idea. Don't do that." <laughs> but perhaps, but see see if it wasn't as successful as it was, would we be saying the same sort of thing about Black Library? Yeah, I mean, but the difference is that there's there's a bit more of a correlation, I think, between novels and 40k and fantasy. You know, they're set in a in a fantastical setting that requires a, a narrative to it, um, which ties itself more into it. Whereas, you know, rock music has less of a direct correlation. <laughs> it's the same thing as if Ben and Jerry started manufacturing sofas. There's just no link between ice cream and <laughs> furniture. <laughs> Delicious, delicious sofas. <laughs> would the sofas be made of ice cream then? No, no, because that would be a correlation. They would be like 
decorated in like ice cream colors or something like that, just right, to okay. in to it. But that would be, you know, the same level of quality you'd expect. Right. Sure. That's that's fair enough. That's fair <laughs> enough. So are we are, next time we're playing Kill Team, are we gonna No. Put on a No You didn't even let me finish what I was gonna I, ask. I knew where you were going with it. <laughs> and I'm shutting that down. No. You're no fun. Yeah. When's your birthday? We'll do it for your birthday. How about that? <laughs> My birthday's not till December. I can't wait That's... until December to listen to D Rock's seminal Games Workshop Warhammer 40,000 themed album Oblivion featuring such classics as, as he looks up the track list Noise Marines, Renegade, Turn the Ship Around, and Red Planet Blues. There's a there's there's a song called Chainsaw Man on there as well. Of course there is. Why wouldn't there be? <laughs> of course. That makes <laughs> makes sense. Yeah. There's not even a chainsaw man in war. <laughs> <laughs> it's a chainsaw. <laughs> right. <laughs> anyway, so that's 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 our little chat about uh the Warhammer record label. Uh, tune in next week for when we discuss. Uh, I, I tried to come up with a joke on the fly about another gaming company doing something completely off the wall, and then my mind went blank. And now this is just <laughs> awkward. So... <laughs> it's like your life recorded in about 15 seconds. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> I tried to come up with something, I failed, and it's awkward. <laughs> the Josh Hartley story right I think on that note are we going to draw this episode to a close I think we should right. well guys thank you thank you very much for enduring with us this week uh, next week we are going to be getting ready for Tabletop Scotland so we're going to try and get out a, a quick episode to you just before the whole weekend uh, goes off Um Otherwise, uh, if you get a chance, if you're going to be in uh, Perth uh, of the weekend of 24th and 25th uh, of August, please come down. Uh, It's going to be great. Uh, Plenty of stuff going on there as well. Uh, You cannot buy your tickets online anymore. Online ticket sales have closed uh, by the time you're listening to this. Uh, But hopefully we will catch plenty of you there. But until next time, otherwise, take care. We'll see you soon. Bye. Bye.